Wow, what a fantastic time of worship. Would you not agree? Absolutely. We, um, we had a great week here. We had Eric Clark was here, and, and man, we had a, three great days of ministry. Very encouraging, very exciting, but man, I'm excited about what God's going to do this morning. Amen. Amen. Excited about his word, and I'm excited that we're getting ready to jump right into today a new topic called What God Really Wants. What, what does God really want? Have you ever thought about that before? Has that ever popped into your mind? Like, what is it, Lord, that you're really looking? You know, what is it that you're, you're really wanting from me? What, what kind of direction are you looking at for my life? Well, let me, ask, let, me, let me throw this statement out here for you. Very generalized, and it is this. We all worship something. Okay, let's just be honest. We all worship something. Even if you're not a Christ follower or a Christian per se, you can't help but to wor worship something. The God of this universe, the creator of all things, has placed a desire with inside of humanity, all of humanity, to have a need to worship something. Something that is simply, you know, that you might adore. Something that necessarily isn't about singing and clapping like we were just doing. But something that takes up your attention. Something that takes up your time. Something that you show love and you express love to. Now, so I'm going to make a statement here, and it is this. Worship is a response and this is something you might want to write down. I don't, I don't think it's in your notes. But worship is a response to things that we value the most. What is it that you value in life? Think about that. What are those things that you have placed value on? I mean, you know, your home. You've placed value on your home more than like, likely, you know. You, you place value in relationships, friendships, a marriage, your children, you know. Uh, you, you, you place value maybe your vehicle, your car, your truck, maybe your boat, Right? We all place value on so much things. Your job, you place value on these things. And, and what I want you to understand here is this, that it's okay to have an interest in things. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with placing value on stuff. There's nothing wrong with putting stuff and, 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 and having stuff in your life that you love. But the problem is, is that when we allow these things, that we value so much, we allow them to consume our minds almost to the point of it's all you think about. Anytime that we take anything whatsoever and we place such a value on it that it is above God, then we have to take a look at ourselves and go, there, there could be a problem here. Or let's, let's take the word out, could. There is a problem here, all right? We all have something that while you are doing life, this is something that is always consuming your mind. And, and like I said, God has no mind with that. But the issue is when we are placing these things above him. Understanding that you and I, we were not created to worship those things, but we were created to bring worship and love and pleasure and honor and adoration to the Most High God. Think about the choices that we make on a daily basis and what our attentions go to. Is God at the top of the list? 
unfortunately for many of us, even as Christ followers, we have found ways or found ourselves replacing God with other stuff. Why do we do that? Like, why is it that we tend to replace God with other things? Well, simply comfort. Oftentimes, you ever heard the, the phrase comfort food? Right? Anybody like comfort food? What's that? There you go, right? You know, here, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one at you. The other day, I was having a stressful day, right? It was crazy. And, and I had a lot of things going on. And, and I do my absolute best to stay away from one particular thing, and that is soda. Does anybody else like soda? Anybody else addicted to it quite like I am? Right? It's ridiculous. And the other day, I was going through a moment. I had pressure. I had things. I had thoughts. I had all this stuff. And I said, I'm going to the refrigerator, and I'm getting something to drink. I'm getting a soda because I deserve it today because I've gone through enough. Have you been there? The problem is, why is it in my refrigerator? Premeditated, right? We do things out of the sense of trying to develop some sense of comfort or some sense of security. And we have, we, we have got to the place where, where we can make that, you know, it's okay to place this above God right now because I need that sense of hope and that sense of peace within my life. And sometimes we do it and we don't even realize that we are doing it. Thinking about those choices that we make. We may still be worshiping God, but he just may not be at the top of the list. A place where I should be giving him what? My energy. I should be giving him my devotion. I should be giving him my time. He should have my activities. God should be in every one of our schedules every single day. Whatever it is that you worship, you become obsessed with. Watch this. And whatever you become obsessed with, you begin to imitate. The Bible addresses this, all right? It addresses that the fact that there will be generations within the last days. And here's what they will do. They will exchange God for other things. Let's take a look in the scriptures. Uh, Romans chapter 1, starting with verse 21. It says, for although they knew God. Now, I want to stop there for a second because they have an understanding of who God is. All right. It's almost as if he's talking to the church in this moment. He could be or he could be just generalizing and talking about society or the culture of that moment saying they knew who God is. All right. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking, thinking there meaning their mind or their attention, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. All right, verse 22. Although they claimed to be wise, in other words, I know what I'm doing, I know what's best for me. We just came out of a sermon series on wisdom. We, we understand there's, there's different, different aspects. We, we looked at the, simp, the simple or the simpleton, right? We, we looked at the foolish. What is the foolish here? Those are the ones who know better but choose to still do the wrong thing. Then we looked at the scoffer, and then we looked at the wise. So here we go. It's saying, although they claim to be wise, what did they become? They became fools, and they exchanged. In other words, they were putting 
something in the place of God. So they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like... Now understand, this is their generation. We'd have to throw some words in there for us to understand it. But this is their generation. What did they do? They, They threw in images to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. So it's talking about anything in your life that you have replaced God with. Anything in your life that you have potentially made up as an idol. Maybe it's something that you have placed on the throne within your heart that you love, that you value, that you think about, that you spend your time on, that you spend your money on, right? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you five things this morning that I think we have exchanged. And here's the first one. We've done a substitution. All right? You all know that thing. You all know that thing that you've become so consumed with, that you're watching, that you're playing it, that you're living it. The other day, uh, it was Friday, Andrew was working, and I was parenting. That means I was watching the boys. Don't, don't hate me later, you better know you're parenting, all right? I'm parenting, all right? She's at work and I'm parenting. And, and uh, so I'm, 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 I'm sitting there for a few moments and I'm like, you know what, the boys are, they're being quiet. They're not hitting each other. Somebody witnessed one of those moments this morning. The boys, they, they, they had a moment. They had a moment. Right here at church. Can you believe that? And, and, and uh, but, but, you know, they were, they were being good, and I was, I was sitting there, and I was like, man, you know what, let me go to Netflix. Right? Has anybody ever binge-watched something? Well, I never had either until this moment. Right? I, you know, football season's coming up, Right? And I found this uh, on Netflix, this, this, I forget what it's called, it's about quarterbacks, high school quarterbacks, uh, like the top three high school quarterbacks in the nation. It was following, following them through their 2018 season. And uh, the, the, the episodes are like, you know, 30 minutes a piece or something. And I was like, let me check this out. I go through episode one. Huh, the boys are still being quiet. Let's go. Uh, episode two. Episode three, <laughs> episode four, episode five. And the boys come in, they, shh, I'm watching this. Episode six, are you following me here? It's so easy for us to get so consumed by things that what we ultimately do is we start putting this stuff at the top of the list. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. Sometimes we realize and we fail the fact that, you know what, I'm placing all of this, I'm placing these relationships above God, I'm placing my finances above God, I'm placing my job above God, I'm placing just anything, my, my boat <laughs> above God, you know, I'm placing whatever, my vacations above God. And so what we've done is we've made a substitution there. We've created, and if we're not careful, we will let these things so consume us continually that it will force our attention. And so therefore, God is not then getting our attention. Is God against these things that we enjoy in life? If it's not sin, no, he does, he's not against it. In fact, he, he's, he's developed some of them desires within us. It's your makeup in life. Listen, enjoy the things that make you who you are, but understand that Jesus is the only one who is ever worthy to be praised. And Jesus Christ is the only one that should ever be at the top of your list. All right, now, check this out. Deuteronomy chapter 6 supports this. Verses 14 through 15, it says this, Do not follow other gods. 
The gods of the peoples around you, and, or, or who, who are those gods those that you're surrounding yourself with or you're surrounding yourself in every day? For the Lord your God who is among you, he is a what? He is a jealous God. He is anger and will burn against you. And, and, and this is just a little deep right here, right? And it says, and will destroy you from the face of this earth. So what we have done is we have allowed substitution to creep in and, and do an exchange between God and stuff. Secondly, pride. Our pride simply gets in the way. Meaning, in your heart, we want to worship God. But man, people might just call me a fanatic. We are consumed with the thought that everyone around us is watching us. Let me help you out. We come into settings just like this, that everyone around us is watching us. Let, let me help you out. You're not that special. Everybody's attention is not focused on you. In fact, everybody's attention is focused on whether or not you're looking at them. Are you following me? We allow our pride to get in the way and to bring a separation between us and God because we're worried about what maybe someone else might think of us. It amazes me how conscious we are about what others think and not give a thought about what maybe God thinks. We're so consumed that if I'm standing there and having a beautiful moment with God, that people are going to be looking at me and going, wow, that is really weird. Instead of being, you know what, who cares? Let me sit here in the presence of God. Let me lift my hands and begin to worship God. Let me, as, as Brad did, it was a beautiful moment. I don't know if you saw it, but during that one song, he knelt before the Lord. He was not consumed about what everyone else was thinking. We've got to get to a place where we're not allowing our pride to get in the way. Let's take a look in John chapter 12. Verses 42 through 43, it says this. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would, put, we, they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than what? Praise from God. Let's not allow that to be our reality in life. All right, here we go. Third thing, hedonism. We live in that type of society. The belief, and this is what it is, it's the belief that pleasure or happiness is the goal of life. We often measure that you're supposed to live by how it makes you feel. No morals, just feelings. Watch this. Don't judge me. That's how I feel. Our culture is ate up with that. Let's just be honest. The society that we are in right now, the world that we live in is so ate up with that. I don't care what the word of God says. Don't judge me. This is how I feel. I can't help it. All right. There's no greater thing than being in a worship moment, in a worship service, and feeling the presence of God. That's fantastic, but watch this. It's not our goal. You and I, we are not here for a feeling. But we are here to do something. We are here to honor God. We're here to worship God. Why? Because God desires it, and he deserves it. 
God is the one in this place who is worthy of the worship and not man. God is the one whose attention we should be taking our attention at and not saying, God, give me your attention. Let's take a look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. This is what the word says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually. That doesn't mean when you feel like it. That doesn't mean when you're just in in a service like this. That doesn't mean when your devotion time is going really well. But the word says that we will what? Continually offer to God a something special here. Sacrifice. Has anyone ever sacrificed something for you? Like they've done something for you that you know it cost them something? Or that they've done something for you and and you know that they were not feeling it in the moment. But yet they still, what did they do? They looked after you before themselves. There's something to be said when you offer something to someone and it's a sacrifice from you. It's, it's, It's so much more personal. You know that there's meaning behind it. You know that there's value in that relationship. You know that there is a sense of love in that moment. There's something to be said when people will, what, offer a sacrifice. It says, offer to God a sacrifice of what? Praise. The fruit of the lips that, what, openly profess his name. That means setting the pride aside, and it doesn't matter what others may think of you, but you are still openly saying who Jesus Christ is in your life. Who is Jesus? Think about that for Who is he to you? Is he your Lord? Is he your master? Is he your savior? Is he, is the, it, was he the ultimate sacrifice? Absolutely. Here we go. Here's what we do. Spectator. That's, I'm worshiping if I show up. That's what we do. I'm worshiping if I show up. In other words, I come to church. I might have sat there the entire time. I might have stood when it was appropriate. But you know what? I worship because I showed up. Let me, let me help you out here. I love going to the Orioles games. I love the O's. You guys know that? And, and, and listen, when I go, my wife is very embarrassed. Because I'm screaming. I'm into the game. It's ridiculous, Right? I mean, people are everybody like, oh my gosh, he's like totally into this. Absolutely, I love it, all right? And, and yeah, I especially love when we, whenever I get the chance to go to an Orioles versus Yankees game, all right? Because I boo them. I'm very boisterous about that, right? I'm booing them. Boo, you know, the Yankees are horrible. And, 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 and so what am I saying? I'm into that moment. You know, imagine this. If everybody went to a sporting event, and this is what they did the entire time. Who in the world wants to be a part of this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is tennis, right? That is tennis. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll give you credit on that. But think about that. Like, why do I want to watch something that's so boring? 
Why would I want to pay the money I pay to go to a game and everybody's just going to sit there and do nothing? It's not enough just to be a spectator and to be there. you got to be a part of it. I believe in God. Show it. Live the life. Wear the t-shirt. $15. No, just kidding. Do something. Let people know who you are. Don't be embarrassed of who your God is. Worship him with every ounce and everything with inside of you. That when people look at you, they know that they're looking at a child of God. They don't have to look and go in question. The Bible charges us to be something, and that is to be holy. What does holy really mean? To be different. If people can't see the difference in me compared to culture, then there's a big problem here. They should absolutely see the difference. Now, worship is not a, a service. But what worship is, is an expression or response of what you are valuing the most. Now, I've heard people say this before. That, you know, I, I've never heard my father say, I love you. I, I've, I've heard people say that before. You've probably heard it. Maybe you've actually, unfortunately, experienced something like that. Now, I'm not saying this to be boastful in any way, but I will say this. My boys will grow up always knowing even how lunatic I get over their behavior sometimes. That followed with that will be the words, son, I love you. Watch this. Here's the problem, though. And I've heard, I've heard spouses say this to me before. Well, my husband or my wife never tells me they love me. And then the husband or spouse responds, well, you know that I married you. Come on now. It has to be communicated. You cannot live off of assumption when it comes to relationship like that. There must be communication. And so oftentimes we will treat God the exact same way. Well, he knows I love him. Does he? When's the last time you expressed it? When's the last time that you've shown it? Well, because James chapter 4 verse 8 says simply this, what? Come close to God and then God will what? Come close to you. Who wants to feel more of God in their life? Every hand should be lifted up on that one. Come close to God and then God says he's going to do something in response. I'm coming close to you. Now, I love it because many are waiting for God to move, but listen to this. He's already moved. I'm waiting for God to make the first. He's done it. Look what he gave you. The most valuable thing. Look, I'm not giving my son for you. Pastor, that was rude. Sorry. But the heavenly father, what did he do? He gave what? God. For God so loved the world. This is not just meant for a sporting event to be shown on a poster of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his, not yours. It 
It's not for you to dictate whether or not God was going to give it. In fact, you don't deserve it. God's paying a debt. Jesus is paying a debt that you can never repay. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Gave. I love that word gave. Because there's no, there's no strings attached to the word gave. There's no price included to the word gave. That he gave what? His only begotten son. Many are waiting for God to move, but God's he's done it. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 says, let us draw near to God with a what? Sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Now, all right, here we go. Tradition. This one can be offensive. To be honest. Traditions can become a replacement for worship all by themselves. Well, this is how it's always been done, and it should never be changed. All right? Well, I, I have to have a church with stained glass windows. Okay? I need to be a part of church where every light is on during worship. All right? Church always started at 11. It should always stay at 11. Sorry about that one. We are not to worship God because of a method. But we are here to worship God with the affection within our heart. Understand that. Be careful that you're not adoring the traditions more than you are adoring God. Can I say that one more time? Be careful that you are not adoring the traditions more than you are adoring God. Jesus dealt with this one. Matthew chapter 15, verses 3 through 9. I love his words. Jesus replied, And while... And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your traditions? All right, in other words, there, there's guys that are fussing at Jesus because his disciples weren't doing what customs were saying, okay? Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Watch, watch what Jesus calls them in verse 7. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. Or I like to put in the word there, suggestions. God doesn't care about the method as much as he cares about what your heart is saying. So, in all of this, if it's not worship, then what is it? Psalm chapter 50, verses 8 through 15. The psalmist is not speaking here. This is God's words speaking. He says, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need, in other words, you are giving me something that I already have, but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field, they are what? They are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Watch this. I want you to understand this something. Worship is something that God does not have. 
wait a minute, pastor, wait a minute. That's ridiculous. How can you say that worship is, how can that be that God does not have worship? Because God has what? God has everything. No, he gave something up. He gave something away that was his. Something that he could, could control if he wanted to. But he removed his ability to take it from himself and give it to us so that we would what? Willingly offer it to him. And that is worship. If you were in a relationship because it was made and it had to be, and it wasn't through free will, it would be no relationship whatsoever. But when you are in a relationship, and it's because of free will, there's value to it. And God recognizes that. So he does not worship himself, but he created us so that we could in turn freely through free will, what? Worship him. Now, let's go on in that scripture. Verse 14, it says this, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the most high. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me what? Glory. So here, here are three things to help you in this worship journey. Number one, thank him with my what? Sincere affection. In other words, this, if worship is giving my heart an affection to something else, then what does God really want? Does he want me to show up 90% of Sundays? Do I need to what, just simply volunteer to be a part of a ministry team? Something happens when we thank him. Look, I should not have all that I have. I should not have the spouse that I have. I should not have the kids that I have. I should not be able to, 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 to be the pastor of this great church. And that alone for me is enough to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you have given me. And watch this. And thank you for what I don't have because you see it not necessary for my life. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to him. What does that mean? That means he's looking for those who are what? Who, who, who are strengthening, who, who, their hearts are committed to him so that he can what? Strengthen him. God wants your affection and he wants it expressed. Here we go. Number two. Offer him the control of my life or the control of your life. Give him all of you. For many in this room, you need to take your relationship from just a casual show up Sunday to he is on the top of my list. Understand that I'm a believer of God and I, and I want God to be at the top of my list seven days a week. At some point, God wants you to stop dating him. Watch this. I like this. I work hard on this. Write it down. At some point, God wants you to stop dating him, but to walk an aisle and put a ring on it and say, I offer my life to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of what God's mercy 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Worship, it's when you wake up and say, God, I'm giving you what? My email? I'm giving you my workout? Please, Lord, take that one. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving you, Lord, my social media. I'm giving you my breath. God, I'm giving you my finances, my job, my relationships. God, I'm giving you my school. I'm giving you my time. Lord, I just want to be obedient. I'm giving you income. God, all of this is yours. Every single bit of my life, Father, is yours. All right, number three. Last one. Include him in my everyday life. Including God. And what you're doing. And see if what you're doing won't change. Now, I'm going I'm to throw this one out here. Including God. Remember that, including God. Now, I was a youth pastor for, I want to say, somewhere around nine years total here. And then, uh, yeah, like 15 and a half years. 15, 16 years. I was a youth pastor. And I would always do... Uh, some type of message throughout the year on, uh, you know, no sex before marriage, okay? In other words, young men stay a virgin, young ladies stay a virgin. If you're in here, there you go. And, and, and I would get some questions sometimes, you know, privately from them, and they'd be like, Pastor, or Pastor Kevin, you know, and, and it's crazy how youth will really open up if they trust you, you know? And they would go, it's so hard sometimes. It's so, you know, you get caught up in that environment. You get caught up in that situation. So, so I, when I started doing this in, in that message that I would tell them, I would say, look, here, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to ruin all your intimate moments from here on out until you're married. And you, in fact, I had some of them at, like, later on in life come up to me and go, you definitely ruined them. You definitely ruined them. I said, think about this for a second. God wants to be included in everything in your life. When you're in the backseat of that car, you're in that other room where you're not supposed to be, and you're in an environment with someone that you should not be in, and it's getting hot and heavy, think, Jesus is right there, right with you. That'll ruin everything. You know, we need, listen, 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 listen. I say that because we need to include God in everything that we're doing within life. Every single thing that we're doing within life. How much more would the environments that you're living in change? There's nothing more frustrating to me as a pastor than when I see or hear Christ followers still, listen to me now, I'm not trying to be hard, but I am. I love you enough to say this. There's nothing more frustrating for me as a pastor when I see Christ followers still engaging in the things that this culture simply says are socially acceptable, but yet God says it's not acceptable. Where's the priority at? Who is God? Who is at the top of the list? I want the power of God in my life. I want the power of God in your life more than I want the pleasures of this culture. Because if you never receive anything else ever again in your life, Jesus is more than enough. More than enough. Including in your life, your meals, your circle of influence, your extracurricular activities. He wants to be included. I love this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 14 through 15 says, Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God is what? He is among you. In other words, I want to be invited. Don't leave me out. 
Because he is what? A jealous God. And his anger will burn against you. What does God really want? For you and I to love him the most. I want you to stand with me this morning. What God really wants is relationship with me. What God really wants is relationship with me. So we've talked about all of that. We've looked at, we're substituting. We've got pride. You know, we've looked at that we need to include him. We need to offer. You know, we need to praise him. He needs to be the center of our attention. We need to thank him. We've said all of that this morning. It's not just to say words for you to come in here for an hour and seven minutes right now. And then walk out of here and say, well, I did what I'm supposed to do for the week. If that is our attitude, then God is not at the top of our list. Let me be very honest and open to you about that. If that is how you see church, then God is not at the top of the list. If that is how your relationship with God is, then God is not at the top of the list. And that must change. See, I want the best for your life. I really do. I want when people see, see our church in the community and they see people who are, are, are full of joy, love, happiness, compassion, understanding. That people will see God moving strategically and fitting the pieces of the puzzle properly into place. That people will see a church of people that are hands off and allowing God to be hands on. That's what I want. That's what God wants. We've got some work to do. This is a continual effort. It just doesn't one day go, well, you know what? I'm fixed. Let's go. We're good. I'm a broken individual. I'm not fixed. God is working in me every day. It is a process. It is a journey. The word of God says I need to do it what? And be perseverant. Not giving up. Going after it. Not becoming weak and falling but staying strong. You know, I love it when, when sometimes, you know what, there's times where I go, man, I'm wore out. I am just, I don't think anybody's getting it. I've told you this, Sundays at seven are usually my worst times of the week. You say, how can that be? You've had a great service and all that. I'm glad you did. Sometimes I don't have the greatest one. I'm, I, I start critiquing, I go, this was horrible. You know, I, I missed that point. I totally, I don't know what I was thinking here and all this and that. And I'll critique myself. And I just go, oh, and it gets heavy. But then, you know what, some, somebody will, will tell me throughout the week, Pastor, thank you for that message. It, it, it helped, it changed. And that's great. And I love to hear that and it helps me. See, that's why we're here. You're here to encourage one another too. You're here to honor God to worship God, to praise God, but you're also here to build relationship with one another. And to be there when somebody's having a bad day and you can see it, man, let's, God loves you. Don't give up, stay strong. You don't have to go into a full speech. Sometimes they don't even want you to say anything. They just need to vent it out. You ever done that before? Yeah. But here God is, what does God really want? He wants you. That's what he wants. He wants you. He wants your undivided attention. He wants to be at the top of your list. He wants to be 
Like, like when I'm at an O's game and I'm just going absolutely insane and my wife's completely embarrassed over it. He wants that out of you when it comes to him. He's looking for it. He desires that attention. He desires that love. And man, you know what? It's, it's great when, you're, when you give it. Somebody that type of love and attention, what, what reciprocates what you get in return. And listen, no matter how much you can give God, he gives you way more back. Understand that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. God, you have spoken to our hearts. So in these next few moments, Father, maybe be obedient unto your spirit. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask this question this morning about this God that we're talking about, about Jesus Christ, whom God gave to us. And it's all only possible because of what Jesus did on that cross. Giving up his life so that you can have life. An eternal life with him. Maybe you're here today and you don't have this Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. and You've not experienced that moment where you accept him into your life. I want today to be different. I want today to be the greatest day of your life. Because I still remember mine, February the 6th, 1997. I'll never forget it. But I want you to have that opportunity today. If you could say, Pastor, you know what? I need Jesus Christ as a Lord of my life. And I want to make that commitment here this morning. I want you to slip up your hand. This is your opportunity. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. That is awesome. One more moment for anyone else. All right, here's what I want us to do as a church all together. Boldly, I want us to pray this prayer together this morning. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord my master, and my savior. Come into my life. Lead me. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sin. Help me to turn away from the ways I was to who you want me to be. I will give you glory and honor all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. And listen, if that was you this morning, before you leave, come see me. I got a, a little something special I want to give you, and I want to pray with you individually. But you know what? All of this said today, and that's fantastic. Now we can move on and we can get closer to God. And, 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 and I'm, I'm in this boat just like you are. Lord, I need you to be at the top of my list every day. It's crazy. Sometimes the church can go before God. Sometimes the spouse can go before God. Sometimes kids can go before God. Sometimes a job can go before God. Sometimes relationships, stuff, activities, schedule. Watch this. Time can go before God. I don't think any of us in this room are exempt from that. So my prayer today is simply, Lord, help us to properly place you at the top of all things. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I stretch my hands out to these people right now. And I ask, Lord, for every single one of them in this room today. God, that you would bless them, that you would anoint their lives 
for every activity, every task, every responsibility, Lord, that they have in their life. That, Lord, when people see them, they will see you ultimately. But, Father, help us not to get so consumed with so many things that we fail to keep our attention upon you. But, Lord, may in everything our attention is upon you. That, God, you would always be at the top of the list. First and foremost, Lord, our lips will continually praise who you are. God, that we will give thanksgiving and honor to you, Lord, who deserves and desires it from us, Lord. So God, as we leave this place today, continue to equip us in your word. Equip us as we leave this house and we go out into our worlds, into our lives. But may we make an impact for your kingdom. So God, as the psalmist says, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. 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 We love you.